But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Hi, this is Tim Young from the Essential Bible Studies podcast. Recently, my good friends Peter and Larry asked me to join them on their very first episode of a new podcast called Come to Life. Well, I jumped at the chance. As the name suggests, it's a podcast that deals with a lot of the issues of life, like how to pray or coping with grief or overcoming addictions. They interview all sorts of fascinating personalities. It's a very interesting mix of subjects. Of course, the foundation of it all is the Word of God, using the Bible as their guide. With that in mind, they wanted to start off by establishing what is behind every episode for them, and that is the promise of God's coming kingdom, God's plan and purpose for everyone. Jesus Christ told us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. If Jesus says it's first, then what else could be more important? I encourage you to check out the Come to Life podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're going to bring you the very first episode right now, and we're going to jump into the middle of the conversation where we start talking about the meat of the subject, the kingdom of God. Enjoy. Larry and I coming into this thought, it would be a good idea to maybe show what the goal is, what as, yeah. as Bible students are aiming for. There's a lot of things, you know, being good people, uh, doing God's will, but ultimately where do those things lead? Yeah. Cause I see your kind of podcast. It's going to be very practical, but the practice of our faith is really based in our doctrine. The world really calls it like a worldview, the overarching kind of purpose. And we know God has a purpose. It's not like he's done this randomly or something like that from the very beginning of creation. He's had a plan. Well, what is that? Yeah, you know. Right. So this is an essential Bible study. You got to start here. Was that a <laughs> really plug? Was that a plug for that your podcast? That was another plug, yeah. <laughs> Shameless. Yeah. <laughs> the only source of information that we should be using really is the Bible. Right. right. Not just taking other ideas or theories or sort of what you kind of see out there as far as what people think might happen. A lot right. of ideas based off of, uh, you know, maybe a verse or two, and they kind yeah. of create their own idea from that. That's God revealing himself in his in the Bible, in his word. And that's the only way we can get to know what his goals are. And his goal is really that our goals become his goal. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. And that's a big thing, too. I'm glad you said that, Larry, is going into these podcasts and any Bible study, whether it's your podcast, our podcast, or a Bible study you're doing on your own, or if you go to a church just to see what they're about, is don't take their word for it. Challenge mm. scripture. Go into yeah. scripture and see it for yourself. And as we do this, as we talk about the kingdom, we have ample uh, verses and, and chapter and verse where we can go to and say, this is what the Bible says. This isn't just something we were told by right. a, a preacher, a pastor, or a priest. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So I want to go back to something you said, Tim, is that our God had a, a plan and purpose. and But that's the only thing that kind of makes sense, even if you didn't know that much about Scripture, but you did believe in a creator, which there are a lot of people out there like that. They do believe in something greater than us, something something that created and sustains all things. Why wouldn't there be a purpose? Why wouldn't there be like a plan? So I think you're I'm just kind of picking up on what you were saying earlier. So, But it doesn't end with, like Peter was saying, it doesn't end with just the beginning of the kingdom or the judgment, right? Right. Tim's 
Tim's turned up some scripture. <laughs> but first of all, there might be some different motivations why people come to God and come to the Bible. Uh, some people are born into families that read the Bible daily, go to Bible class every Wednesday night, or you go to meeting or church every Sunday and you're around it. But then there's other people who come to God for different reasons. And that could be because they've hit a low spot or because they feel lost or because they don't have a goal. They don't understand what's the purpose of this life. But first of all, it is important to know that God wants us to be in this kingdom. And he wants us to, as his children, be there. And Luke 12, 32 says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. It will please God to give it to you. There's more to it, obviously, than that. Baptism and following God's will and obeying the commandments of Christ. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm just, I was just thinking of that verse. It's in Matthew chapter 6, in verse 33. It says, But seek ye first right. the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, in that context, he's really talking about how we can get wrapped up in the the worries of this life. He's talking about anxiety. He says, don't worry about these things. Seek first the kingdom of God. So we're talking about this priority, this essence that we have, this understanding that we need of the kingdom of God. And that's from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ right from the beginning. The priority is seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you don't know what the kingdom of God is all about, that's, you're, you're going to have a hard time seeking first that kingdom of God, right? So yeah. That's what I think we're here to do is right. to define that, right? To really lay it down. Okay. So going into that, what <laughs> what is the kingdom of God? So the kingdom of God is something that Jesus came preaching that it was near at hand. Now, he is going to be the king of this kingdom because every kingdom needs a ruler, hmm. right? We know that he was born king of the Jews. So he has this kingly status, and for that purpose, he was born to be a king. Right? But we don't see him in that role yet. Right? So the Bible talks about him coming again a second time to raise the dead or a judgment where there's going to be a separation of those who are worthy to enter into that kingdom and those who are rejected from entering that kingdom. And at that time, we hear about the great war that will take place amongst the nations and how the kingdoms of this world, the kingdoms of men, will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of Jesus Christ. And so there's going to be a radical change in the governmental systems of this world. That might be hard for people to really understand if they haven't really come to the Bible yet. but all of the United States, Russia, all, all these major countries are going to have this political upheaval when Jesus Christ comes to the earth and starts instituting a government based upon righteousness and peace. It will bring this kind of true everlasting peace that the world has never known. So that transformation will not just be in the government, but it will also be in natural things as well. So all the prophets kind of bring us this whole aspect of this wonderful earth that's transformed, even amongst the animal kingdom. Like the lamb shall lay with a lion. Right. Yeah. And all of these kind of pictures are given to us, right? So that is what the Bible calls the, the kingdom of God. Now, it is a 
time period that's going to last for a thousand years, it tells us in Revelation. So like you're saying, the kingdom of God is really, it's not the end because if it lasts a thousand years, what's going to happen at the end of a thousand years? What happens after that? Yeah. The Bible says at that point that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. So there's still going to be some mortality in the kingdom age, even though there'll be some that have come through the judgment and been made immortal. Yes, I forgot to say that. That's another interesting aspect to think about. Yeah. But at the end of that time period, there's going to be no more death. There's no more mortal population. And all it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that God will be all and in all. And that's it. It's going to be something, I guess, that really there are no words to describe it, but there is this essence that all of us will be immortal at that time and will be just one in unity with the Godhead. And it'll be filled with the glory of God. Yeah. So that was the nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And of course, there are a lot of things in that that were mentioned. Judgment. Yeah. Right. And then the great war that will come. Yeah. Christ's return. We have a judgment. Let's just skip ahead, ahead, of, ahead of that. You want to go through second. this systematically, Larry? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's how my, maybe my brain works. But uh, yeah, but just skip ahead past the resurrection. The kingdom being established. This is being established yeah. here uh, on on the earth. On on the earth. Yes. This thousand years time, there will still be mortals like we are now, with those that been resurrected and are now. The, the faithful, given this immortality, right? Yes. Um, okay. And so I, I think a lot of people have their own ideas, millions of different theories of what happens after someone dies. People think that there's like some other realm or you go to heaven. And I'm thinking of the kingdom of God is eventually being, and I want to be careful saying this, and I'll tell you why, like in the Garden of Eden. However, I would be, maybe want to be careful saying that because I know that, or assume that Adam and Eve weren't immortal or else. Right. So, right. but there was also no death because there was no sin. Right. Yet, right. So, right. Anyway. So after the thousand years, we still have people who have what either accepted or rejected Christ. The, after the thousand years or I mean, yeah. sorry, during the thousand years. Yes. So we have people that either accepted or rejected Christ, the people who are morals like we are now who were alive at that time. Right. For those who did accept, there is another resurrection, right? Another resurrection at the end of the thousand years? At the end of the thousand years, yeah. Yes. Basically, there's going to be a resurrection to judgment, the beginning of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. There are three types of classes of, of people, right? Well, for Paul, he says there's going to be a resurrection of the just and the unjust. There's two classes there, right? But he doesn't bring into another class, which are basically people who are ignorant. Mm. They have never heard anything about the Bible. They're, they're not responsible to the judgments of God because they've, they've never really interacted with them. So the Bible says that man that is an honor and understandeth not is like the beasts that perish. That's Psalm 49, right? Mm. So that's that class. But there's another class that are, are raised, are the just and the unjust. So there's people who have known the word of God, have knowingly rejected it, mm. and they're going to be held responsible for their words and, and actions that they've done, and they'll they'll be rejected out of the kingdom. 
There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth that Jesus uh, talks about when they see what they've missed. But those that are the the just, the faithful, it says in Revelation chapter 5, and it might be worth it to uh, look that up in our Bibles. I'm sorry, like you were you saying, say we're because going? this is going to bring together a lot of what you were just talking about, Larry. Yeah. Yeah, Revelation 5 in verse 9. Well, it's Revelation's full of visions and symbols, right? But it's obvious that what is being sung here is by the saints at this time period. And it says, they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. So these are the, the resurrected saints who have been given immortality, and they're praising the Lord for the sacrifice that he gave, that they might be redeemed, and that they shall be kings and priests. And just think about that. The other versions say kingdom of priests. It's really a royal priesthood that we're going to be made, hopefully, as, as the faithful. And you look at what it says, that we're going to reign on the earth. Not over the earth, on the earth. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And so living and reigning with Christ when he returns is going to be here on the earth. Right? So a lot of Christians believe that when you die, you go to heaven. Right. Yeah. Right? And they don't have this kind of concept of anything ever being established on the earth when it comes to God's will. Right? Right. Yeah. But when you look at the scriptures, everything's pointing to this kingdom. It's not pointing to going to heaven. Including the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Including uh, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. I mean, we all say it, right? But yeah. maybe we go over those words too quickly. Yeah. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. On, right. on earth as it is in heaven. And that's important. And obviously the, the Lord's Prayer is recited in a lot of churches as the prayer, but it's it's an example of how to pray. But in it, obviously, Christ himself is saying on earth as it is in heaven and that it's God's will to be done. But also uh, uh, another example or another scripture, Zechariah, where we talk about the kingdom being on earth in Zechariah 14, 9, it says, the Lord or Yahweh will be king over the whole earth. On that day, there will be one Lord and his name, the only name. And so there we see on earth. And it's important because nowhere actually in scripture do we see kingdom in heaven. We don't see... Right. Right. And, yeah. and that's important that we don't go to heaven. Uh, we are remembered in Christ who is in heaven, but that everything that we're pointing to is on earth. And that when, when Christ returns, this will all be established here and it'll be beautiful. Absolutely. And then God's ultimate purpose, Habakkuk 2, verses 14. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. doesn't say anything about us staying in this heavenly place, but this kingdom on earth and that it should be filled with God's glory. And that, that would have to be us, the saints, right? Yeah. yeah. God's glory has to do with his character mm. of who he is. It deals with things like mercy and truth being mixed together. Those are abstract concepts. They really have to be manifested in people who act that way, right? So filling yeah. the earth with his glory is filling the earth with the knowledge of him and, and people who follow his laws and everything, right? So 
that's what we find. Like in Isaiah chapter two, it talks about the law of the Lord going out from Jerusalem during that time and all nations of the world coming up to learn about the law of the Lord. That's the glory of God that's going to fill the earth. Is that, that's why in Habakkuk it talks about the knowledge. Mm-hmm. That phrase actually is used three times in scripture. It's interesting little study to go and find it. You know, the earth shall be filled with the yeah. glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Yeah. And Matthew 7, verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So, and that being God's will. And it's clearly defined in scripture what that is and what the expectations are, is to follow the commandments of Christ and to, again, seek first the kingdom of God and to glorify God in, in what we do and to be as much like his son who died for us as we can and to sacrifice ourselves daily by resisting temptation. And and if we don't, if we don't have the ability to resist that temptation, to repent from that, to recognize that, repent from it, pray for forgiveness and move on and, and keep moving towards that kingdom, knowing that we are of a sinful nature. So there's going to be a capital, I'm assuming, if we think about government now, um, like in United States, D.C. So where would this capital be? Well, it did come out from that Isaiah passage that I alluded to and kind of spoke about. I'll just look it up now and you can read it. It says in Isaiah 2, verse 2, It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Mm. Ah, there you go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. there's my so answer. the capital city is, is <clears throat> Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. And this kingdom of God is established in that central part of Israel, Israel being restored. Now, we, we see Israel today as, as a nation. That's part of prophecy fulfilled, mm. and it's setting the stage for even greater things to come. So Israel back in their land like that is going to be the core or the center of this kingdom. It's not the only part of it, it but it is, I like to think of it like, like Great Britain was in its heyday, right? They say the sun never set right. on Great Britain. Why yeah. did they say that? And the kingdom of God is going to be the same thing. In the center, there's this land of Israel, which is the core focal point of it. But as it goes out from there, it envelops the whole world. So the kingdoms of men come and have to submit themselves to the rulership of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's sort of like the crossroads, uh, all, all roads lead to Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, I mean, at that time. Yeah. There are cameras pointing towards the Mount of Olives in Israel right now because yeah. they believe that Christ is going to return. It has to do with a prophecy in Daniel. There's a very famous right. dream that the King Nebuchadnezzar had. And in that dream, there is a very symbolic man made of four different metals and, and all this. Really, we just get down to the, the base of this dream where there's this rock hewn without hands that come and smashes it in the feet and grinds it to powder. 
right? So I was talking about how this nation of Israel will come to really fill the whole earth. And that's really what happens in the dream. And Daniel interprets this dream for the king in Daniel 2, verse 44. He says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So it becomes this mountain which fills the whole earth. Yeah. Right? That passage is really critical for our thinking because it's really backs up all of what we've been saying, right? Yeah. That this kingdom is going to overtake and overcome all the kingdoms of the world. So that is to say that the nations or world powers at that time will be in opposition. Yeah. I see this as a threat, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's another little thing from this passage just brought up because we were talking about heaven versus earth, the kingdoms. And when you look at this, it says the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom. The kingdom is on earth. We can see that because it consumes all the kingdoms of this world. It's on the earth. And that mountain covers the whole earth. But it's the God of heaven who does that. And that is why. In the New Testament, it's called the kingdom of heaven, right? It's not the kingdom in heaven. Right. It's the kingdom yeah. of heaven because mm-hmm. this kingdom is heavenly. It's That's where its origin is because that's where it comes from. It comes from God who is in heaven, right? right? Yeah. And it comes from Jesus Christ who descends from heaven yeah. to the earth, right? So just that, I think that's where kind of the, some of the confusion comes into mm-hmm. about this thing when it's called the kingdom of heaven. Just to understand that from the background here of Daniel, I think is important. Again, talking about that, and you referred to the British Empire earlier. Yeah. And an analogy, I guess, would be of the British Empire to this relationship would be that the queen was the queen or the king of of that empire. And let's say Australia was a commonwealth of that kingdom. So they weren't in England to be a part right. of it. Yeah. They were of it in Australia. I, I know that's kind of a, maybe perhaps a weak example, but I think uh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, even just this, I just looked this up. It's just another example of, of heaven. Uh, Let little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these Matthew nineteen fourteen. We also see it in the Beatitudes uh, that, you know, Matthew 5, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, of heaven, of heaven, of heaven. We keep mm. seeing this. And that's really important. Center of what the Bible is really teaching about is resurrection right. from the dead. You know, resurrection is the actual bringing the body out of the grave, right? And not just that. The resurrection is about taking a mortal body and making it immortal. Yeah. What Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, which is a great resurrection chapter, you know, just you want to know about resurrection, you read that chapter. He says you're taking a corruptible body and making it incorruptible. And that's the hope of a Christian, Hmm. right? Yeah. And that, we are told, is only going to happen when Jesus Christ comes back to the earth. This idea about that you have an immortal soul after you die and it, it goes off somewhere, it's really an idea that, crept into Christianity through Greek philosophy. You know, the Bible talked about there's going to be a great apostasy from the truth. And 
that happened and it happened rather quickly in, in the second century, right after Jesus and the apostles, you can see a lot of these, what they call church fathers come along and they revered like Plato and Socrates yeah, yeah. and right. kind of Greek philosophies and ideas. And they yeah. started bringing in these ideas of the immortal soul, but the Hebrews never believed that the Hebrews never in the old Testament, never really attested to anything like that. It was always, everybody was in the grave, right? And yeah. they were asleep. Mm. And this idea of sleep that someday they were going to be awakened from their sleep, right? And yeah. be conscious again. And that's the beauty and the hope of the resurrection, like to be changed, to be made immortal at the coming of Jesus Christ. And it's like when you go to sleep, you just wake up hours right. later and he's like, exactly. you have mm -hmm. no concept that any time has passed. And that's what the resurrection is going to be like. Right. Absolutely. And so to think about our loved ones as having deceased is upsetting, but there is a great hope in knowing that they're just asleep awaiting the resurrection. Right. Just kind right. of get our same focus of what Jesus Christ was teaching about in the apostles. And I think you'll find great comfort in, in that fact. And of course that's how Paul in first Thessalonians, tried to comfort those believers by saying Christ is coming back. There's right. going to be a resurrection, right? Yeah. And, and as you both know, my, my mother recently passed away uh, yeah. a couple of yeah. months ago. And as we're in the final days, uh, saying goodbye and just being with her, uh, it was easy to get set and it is sad. It's a sad thing to see your mother, your loved one dying. It's not, you know, it's not an easy thing, even with the hope of the kingdom. But what was very comforting, and, and to go off of what you're saying, is it was so nice to have the image of, like you're saying, when you go to sleep, that you don't remember being asleep unless you're dreaming, perhaps. But your next thought is being awake. And for my mother, the next thought that she was, that we imagined her having was of Christ reaching his hand out. Yeah. And the, the comfort and the joy and, Everything that we felt from that was just amazing. And and that was very powerful and still is. Yeah. Yeah. So having that hope that in, in this kingdom, it's going to be on earth, we are going to see our loved ones, if they're hopefully part of that class, which are the believers, the just ones, we're going to see them again. Yeah. Right? You're Healthy. Going see, you're Healthy. going to see your mom. You're going to see your, your dad again, right. Peter. And I could think of people in my life that have, affected me so deeply in their, their life of faith and then have fallen asleep in Christ. And I just, I can't wait to see him again. Right? Yeah. So that's a lot of what keeps me going too, because I want to see these people again because I love them so much. Right? Yeah. And they died with that faith. As long as they had a conscious thought, they remained faithful. Mm -hmm. That it's not just about us who are watching this happen. It's also about them and the comfort that they have the peace that comes over them and the acceptance of, uh, let's say, a terminal illness or something that you cannot, at this point, you can't reverse what's happening. And uh, the comfort that they have in in being so faithful and steadfast in in that belief. And it's it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that the, this is the best place to start our podcast journey is with the kingdom, because I, I think there's so many different topics uh, that are coming up. It's hard to not talk about these things absolutely um which are just now we're whole, obligated to do whole, this. Yeah, <laughs> whole episodes in you know of themselves so for someone who might be listening who is 
searching for God and searching for this. And it doesn't have the background that you or I have of being born into Christadelphia and, and raised or Larry coming in. He's been around it for 25 years now, but uh, mm-hmm. was recently baptized. But there are some who are are just now maybe coming to this and hearing this for the first time, this idea. What would you say to a person that's in that position? And, and why would you tell them, why pursue the kingdom? Why do that? No, it's, it's a great question. You know, God created man from the very beginning for a special purpose. It says that we've been created in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean, right? Right. So we all have a purpose, and God knows what is best for us, right? And how we can find that true and, and everlasting peace, that happiness, we that deep desire we all have to know the eternal. Hmm. So anybody who's just starting their journey and thinking about these kind of things, I would encourage them because God wants them. He's, he's calling you to something even greater that you have to be moved by faith to understand that this is going to be something that's even beyond your imagination or your comprehension, what God has promised for us. This idea of knowing God fully, of someday attaining to a resurrection that will make you immortal, Mm. that will be beyond anything that you've ever experienced in this world. That's what God is promising us, right? And to know and to be fulfilled with this extreme joy that he's set before us. And that was the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has paved the way for us. As it says in Hebrews 12, verse 2, that we are looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Is that phrase, the joy that was set before him, right? Yeah. This is a great promise that we can just grab hold of, and it will bring us great joy. Now, it's hard to explain that to people. You just just say, just believe me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But I'm just telling you, from my experience, there is great joy ahead of us. And we just got to believe God that he's going to do what he says. And we talked about earlier about doing God's will, and that's what Christ was doing up on that cross. But ultimately, it was to glorify his Father and to do this for his Father and to also die for us so that we can have forgiveness of sins. But again, doing it because of the kingdom to come and Mm -hmm. understanding of his role in that kingdom was obviously the king. But we're looking at somebody who, a king, a leader who, we talk about that lead by example and you hear these cliches and things, but Christ did that. He was murdered on a cross publicly for us, for his father and for us. And our, unless we were in a, in a nation where we we're actually truly persecuted or tortured for our, our beliefs, which we're not. I mean, perhaps maybe one day we will be, but there are people today who are being mm. killed, literally shot in the streets, Afghanistan yeah. and all these, you know, it's, it's horrible. Yeah. And thankfully, that you know, like we read earlier, Matthew 5.10 talked about how those who are persecuted for, for his name's sake, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And and that's fantastic. But again, sorry, going back to that and having that laid out, having that goal to where Christ, the king of that, 
kingdom was willing to die to make it possible for us. And I think that's, that's incredible. Can I give you just another slant on this? I had a conversation not too long ago with a person who really believed that the answers was with the governments of this world. Like man was going to figure it out somehow. They were all going to get together. They're going to be able to bring peace to the earth and United Nations and those kind of things. And science was going to become so great, you know, Mm -hmm. that it would provide all these answers to disease and and all those kind of things. Right. And it just says, ah, you know, we've had so much time that's proven that wrong. Mm -hmm. And the Bible itself says that's wrong. Uh It's the only answer is in God and the kingdom that he is going to bring. So as human beings, we all want to make this earth a better place. Yeah. That's understandable. And that's really our goal as Christians is our focus is on this earth to make it a better place for all mankind to really bring this peace. But that's only going to come with the kingdom of God. Mm, sure. The kingdom of God, and going back to that Isaiah 2 passage, sure. that's the one that talks about that they shall beat their swords into plowshares. Now that oh, yeah. There, yeah. That phrase, right, that talks about there'll be no more war. Now, how does that come about? It only comes about by the kingdom of God, by yeah. this disruption of the kingdoms of men. Now, that verse is actually at the UN. Yes, it is. Yeah. Really? It's right yeah. there. Yeah, I've been there and I've seen yeah. it's actually engraved on stone at the UN, but it's taken out of context. It's just Absolutely. that verse, right? Thinking that the United Nations can bring about this. But when you read the whole context, yeah. it's all about the kingdom of God bringing right. true peace, right? So again, talking to somebody who's just thinking about this for the first time is thinking, wow, I could get on board with this and actually change the world. They think this is pretty crazy because right now our whole thing is just developing faith and trust in Jesus, knowing his, his will, right? We're not really involved in the politics, of this world because we know it's it's coming to nothing right yeah it's not where we're supposed to be focused yeah right our focus is on the future on the kingdom of god and preparing ourselves for that moment when we're going to be kings and priests we're going to actually be taking rulership and telling people and instructing people yeah. on how to actually live in the kingdom of god we're going to be changing the world yeah That's interesting, too, because from start to finish, the Bible talks about the folly of man and fleshly nature and all these things from start to finish. And it's interesting how, obviously, we have all these scriptures put together, the Greek and the Hebrew and the New Testament, the Old Testament. But in the King James Version of the Bible, the center of the Bible, the center verse of the Bible is, is Psalm 118, verse 8. And it's very interesting how and Psalm 118 verse 8 says, it is better to take refuge in in Yahweh than to put confidence in man. Uh, And I I think that, (laughs) and and I just think it's really interesting how from, we we know this too. There's no coincidence in the Bible. There's just not, you know, the the amount of echoes, the echoes that occur through scripture to one thing to reinforce another. And we see this and it's not by coincidence that this occurs. Yeah. Convincing somebody is, I don't, I don't see that as our job. I can be 
right. wrong, but introducing him, planting the seed, I, I definitely see that as something that, you know, we should strive to do, but can not convincing. I think you're possibly trying to show something to somebody who has blinders on when you've taken yours off. I know that meeting Peter when we did and Vince me, I mean, if he did, he didn't, he didn't really, but sit down and, <laughs> and you're not getting up from this table until you, you believe these doctrines. And I just, it would have done the, had the opposite effect. I think it would have gone <laughs> ran and probably never talked to you again. Um, it wasn't until years later, obviously, when I really wanted to find out for myself what the scripture really say and what path would I be taking things, you know, as you get older and you have responsibilities, uh, these things became more important to me. And that's, I, I mean, that's why I came to um, that uh, motivation to learn more from, from scripture. And again, if I haven't stressed this already, using the Bible as my only source of information. So, yeah. And there's been a lot of discussion and some scripture, right? We are conduits of getting that message out mm. and, and just encouraging people to go to the word. Like, the scripture is saying, study to show yourself approved. Go study it. See it for yourself. Challenge it. Don't just take our word for it. Yeah. And look, even though the three of us are sitting here talking about one vision, of one goal, we all, with three of us, have had different journeys getting there. We had different lives. And those people listening to this, we understand that your circumstances are different than ours. We all have challenges. We all have, whether it's a challenge of something you might be suffering from physically or you know mentally or financially or something that is going on it's all different but you know we talked about this too the scripture talking about how this is a race and at a race let's just talk about like maybe the boston marathon or something where there's thousands of people running this race they're all all of them are running towards that one goal mm, but yeah. they're all running their individual race i really appreciate you coming in and, and talking with us, Tim, and and uh, what a great and vast topic that kind of touches on yeah. everything. Really good place to start, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's a great place to start. And I've really enjoyed my time here just really talking about these important subjects. They're going to be the foundation for what you guys talk about in the future with your podcast. So I'm going to be really interested to see what comes next on the Come to Life podcast. No, that's a great title. Just thank you. That, come, Thanks. Yeah. come to life. It's so it's so deep on many levels. I just keep thinking about it different ways. <laughs> uh, yeah. I have to give Peter the credit on that one. Oh, Peter. Really? Yeah, Good yeah well. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once in a while, uh, you know. <laughs> we had we had some different ones coming out there. But yeah, that that um, I appreciate you saying that. And it is true. The more you think about it, it's, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, come to life and just yeah, different ways. You're know, coming to the life of the gospel, but also coming to life and just your knowledge, and, right. and coming to the life that is offered to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just yeah. approaching that different ways, and it's really all about what you guys are talking about. It's really, really great time. No, I appreciate that, and you know, for the listeners out there, Tim has been a a huge part of my life. Uh, huge. I lived here. Uh, <laughs> we're in in the San Luis Obispo area. He helped prepare me for baptism. That's going to be another class in itself or multiple classes, <laughs> uh, baptism. But we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you've met a lot to me and you still do. Yeah, I'm very, very thankful that you, could, great, uh, yeah. you could do this. Yeah. Oh. You're such a beloved member, 
to our ecclesia that I yeah. feel like I know you too okay. very well. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like in sports teams, you know, when they retire jerseys, you know. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> we retired Tim C. Dot in the hall. <laughs> uh, and once again, plugging Essential Bible Studies with you. Yeah, that's come a, that's on over and take a thing. listen to Essential Bible Studies. And yeah. we're out there too. You just uh, search that on anything you listen to in podcasts, Essential Bible Studies, it comes up. Our website's www.essentialbiblestudies.org. You can also find us there. All right. So, yeah, with that, thank you very much, Brother Tim, Larry. This has been good. And I'll just close with the verse we began with. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Subscribe now to the Come to Life podcast so you don't miss a single episode. Check out the link in our show notes. Until next time, my dear friends, may God help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.